Welcome to Invest in Women, the podcast series, your insight into the growing wealth of women and the issues that impact their business and yours. See what happens when you educate, empower, and invest in women. Christy Whitney, thank you so much for joining us today. We are excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Melissa. I wanted today to talk about something that I'm not sure a lot of people think about when they're thinking about investments. Okay. So when I think about investing my money or trying to grow my money or being smart with my money, I think, oh, I have a job, I have a 401k, I take money out, I do it. You know, it's, it's a work thing, at least for me, it's always been salary or whatever bonuses, but there's other forms of income that come into your life that may be unexpected that you also have to be as smart with and inheritance being one of them. So I know that's something that you specialize in. So I thought we'd talk about it because I, I think it's something that people find is extra money and they don't really strategize it. Or am I, am I being naive? No, no, I think you're absolutely correct. And I think what is tricky about an inheritance that one might receive is, A, we never know when those might be coming, and B, it's often very opaque as to what that amount would will be, right? Mm -hmm. So those are two kind of big unknowns for people and hard to incorporate in a financial plan, certainly, but I think it's really important if you are the benefactor of an inheritance to deal with it properly when it does come your way. Well, I have been the benefactor of inheritance before. And to me, it was almost like sacred money too. I don't, you know, I, it had a different feel for me because of the nature of how I received it. So for me too, it was, it was almost like I, I had so much pressure on myself because I wanted to make sure I did right by the person that gave it to me. Absolutely. I do see that a lot with my clients. It's emotional, right? It's a gift from someone that that you've loved and they're no longer here. And I think that coming with that is just kind of this feeling of responsibility to to make a smart move with it and, and kind of not blow it, right? Yeah. Well, and I think also, like I said earlier, for a lot of people, when it's extra money, they may also treat it differently. And in some cases, maybe that ends up being a good way, but in others, it's not. So talk a little bit about how you, how do you handle your clients who are in this situation and what is maybe the consistent mistake you see that a lot of people do with inheritance? Sure. So I think one of the big things that is somewhat frustrating is when a client comes to you months after getting an inheritance or even a year and saying, oh, well, last year I inherited this amount of money and this is what I did with it, right? We want to be partners with clients and the majority of clients that rebalance have financial plans. And so, you know, we're really mapping out for individuals their financial future. And so, you know, those in those conversations are important to have if you have a, a financial advisor in your life, a certified financial planner on your side, to have those conversations when the money lands in your lap. I think the other thing is to, to recognize that this is all tied to emotion quite frequently, right? So you may be dealing with a great loss, even if it's you know someone that's maybe been ill for a long time. So kind of letting the dust settle and not taking immediate action on 
the financial end of it, just kind of letting the dust settle, having intelligent conversation and mapping out the future years. I think making rash decisions, like a lot of people, you know, they would, they want to do things like pay off the mortgage, right? Like, oh, I got this money. I can take care of my mortgage. Well, that can be, you know, that can be a great thing, certainly, but you have to pay attention to what is the interest rate environment that we're in? And, and do you have a mortgage that's at 2.75% and maybe don't need this money in your daily life and the money can be in the market growing at a much greater rate long-term than this, this loan that you have outstanding? So turning to an advisor and having these conversations is super important. Now, Christy, I'm sitting here under the assumption that everybody handles inheritance well, that the paperwork that comes with inheritance was perfect, Mm. that (laughs) siblings and family members don't have any issues with what inheritance comes to where. So, you know, when you talk about emotional, um, I've been lucky that I had parents that inspired in my siblings and I, because they have both passed, that we have never argued over the estate of either parent because we, I don't know, we just came from that environment where you do, you handle your paperwork, you handle your business, and then it's mm-hmm. just understood. But I know of others who are not in such a privileged situation. And so is that something right. you have to deal with with your clients as well, where things aren't going as smoothly as they should? I definitely think that that happens in a lot of situations, I myself personally have not had to deal with a client who's in the middle of kind of contention with the siblings. I will say this. I think if someone experiences that, or even just going through the settling of an estate, no matter what degree you're involved with it, I think it does teach the recipient to think about their own estate and mm-hmm. what they want things to look like. And, you know, if it's a process, I have a client, for example, five siblings, large estate, all very amicable. Everything went very smoothly. There were trusts in place. Everything was well-defined. So when mom passed, when in her mid nineties, which was still hard for the family to grasp just because it's hard to lose the loved one, but they were all so grateful that her, their parents had done such an amazing job lining everything up and leaving them with a very clean situation. Mm-hmm. If you are left with a different situation and things are vague and not clearly outlined, then I think you as an individual will learn from that, hopefully, and realize that you don't want to leave your heirs in that same situation. So I've definitely seen the impact on one's experience, make them think about their own heirs and their plan. No, and I think you're exactly right. It makes me assume and not to place assumption on your client, but somebody in that situation has seen the worst case scenario, because in the case of my parents, it was, it was an extended family member that they witnessed the drama Mm, and and they, it's like you said that it inspired them to do right by us and which has inspired us to do right by the next generation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and, but even if someone's listening who has not seen drama, doesn't really know, like it's still, you, it's something to pay attention to not only for yourself, but, you know, again, being in this great habit of handling money. Well, do you find Christy that people who handle their money well in general will handle this new source of income well as, as well. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I could have said yes. that more smoothly, Christy, but you know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> I do know what you're saying. I do think that that is the case. I mean, if it's somebody who is working with, you know, an investment advisor already, a financial planner already, then they're sort of, in most cases, used to turning to that person as a sounding board and being very open and honest about, hey, here's my new life change. And what is your input on these assets and what I should do with it, right? Versus someone who's out there alone doing what they feel is best or what they and their spouse feel is best, but not really having that professional guidance. So I will say just to kind of at this point, I think it's important to recognize the type of financial professional that you're working with. You know, if you're working with someone who's a registered investment advisor or a certified financial planner, we're held to the fiduciary standard. And so I think there is sometimes with clients, maybe that idea of, well, if I tell them I inherited $400,000, they're just going to tell me to put it in my account. And that's right. not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you're working with a financial professional who is a fiduciary, our job is to do what is in your best interest. So that doesn't mean, you know, that certainly all the assets should be going to an investment account. You know, we're going to take time to look at the plan and look at what our solutions and ways this money can help you grow and be more secure yourself. Yeah. No, I think that's fantastic advice because I know that for a lot of people, when it comes to the medical world, like if you have a good relationship with your doctor that you know to be as honest as possible to get the best results for your health, I'm not sure a lot of people, the lay people, think about their financial professional as being someone who needs to be as trustworthy so that they can divulge all that information because it seems Christy that money is so private to people so it's Mm -hmm. interesting that you bring this up that if you have someone you're working with but you hide some of the money that you have isn't that an indication that you may not have as much trust as you should yes absolutely yeah I mean and I think that that's the that's the task of a quality financial professional is to build that rapport and that trust and you know it certainly takes time but so that clients can be completely forthcoming with their situation and trust that you're not going to simply say, hey, yeah, let's invest it in at our company, right? Yeah, right. Well, and again, I, I think when women are involved, and I'm generalizing, and I hope that I'm not right, but it I just feel like women seem to be intimidated by the world of money, even today, like even though Mm -hmm. they're working and they're earning a paycheck, you know, I think of historical ideas of women not being able to have control of money. And thus it makes sense that they would not be comfortable with the idea of money. But Christy, am I wrong that women still seem a little nervous when it comes to this topic, even today? No, I would agree with you in large part. And, you know, it's something that we work pretty hard at Rebalance to to educate our clients and make them comfortable with investment items, topics that they don't understand. I mean, I'm pretty passionate about that myself. I came from a family who who did not have a lot of experience with the stock market and have spent my entire career in this industry and know how just as a young female starting in the industry, how intimidating it can be with all these terms flying around and these different products out there and and different types of funds and these things. And personally, I really try to to break everything down, simply make sure I'm using the least amount of jargon possible, because I do feel for women, I think it is for a lot of women anyways, if you haven't grown up with it, 
it's intimidating and they'd rather just tune out and do something else and let someone else handle it. Perhaps Mm -hmm. I will say I have females in my life, certainly who have grown up with a father or grandfather looking at the wall street journal and the stock prices every day, you know, before everything was digital and on, on the TV and having that influence of an older generation who was involved in the markets just continues to feed down through the generations because there's a comfort there too, right? You can ask grandpa, well, why are you doing this? Or what did you, why did you pick Nike to invest in or whatever the case? So we think having exposure is a great gift for people. And unfortunately, I think, I think things are changing dramatically for women, but I think you know, there's a lot of women still out there who just have a great intimidation about the markets in general. Yeah. Well, now when it comes to inheritance in particular, I'm curious with women, what is the main source of that inheritance? Is it a spousal death? Is it a parental death? I mean, it, because if you're a woman who is not comfortable with money and especially at the death of a spouse, even, you know, especially if it's a, you know, premature death, you didn't expect it. Right. Mm-hmm. I would assume that is a highly stressful time to try to manage that money well. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think kind of at that first level is would be the maybe less sophisticated woman inheriting from their spouse, right? And trying to put the pieces together and understand what they did and whatnot. We're very fortunate with our client base and the clients that I've worked with in recent years that even if the male or female, if even if the second kind of spouse is not as involved in the finances, we're all encouraging that individual to attend meetings and have the conversations and giving them the space and the time to ask questions. I, I have dealt with a widow in, in the last few years where her husband simply said, stay with this company. They're, you know, our company. I trust them. They're very good. And she just kind of went on that pure blind faith, even though she hadn't had a lot of involvement with us, you know, and I held her hand quite a bit in the beginning and explained to her, you know, why did her husband feel that way about our investment philosophy and that sort of thing. And so got her through that. I definitely also have seen just in the past few years, a lot of the money just coming from the parents passing. So we have a fair amount of clients who are are baby boomer age. And so inevitably, if the next generation is still living, they're in their 90s and money has passed down, you know, in that way. And Mm -hmm. I think the thing about the money you may receive from parents or even aunts and uncles is it's more, you know, you're often not as clear what's coming your way. So I do see surprises there, you know, oh my gosh, I had no idea that they had an estate this large and I want to honor them. I want to do the right thing, but this is life-changing for me. Right. Christy, I love when I ask you these questions, you're like, well, I don't have personal experience with some of this more dramatic, these more dramatic scenarios because it shows the importance of working with someone. Right. So you're like, look, when I work with people, everything's buttoned up. All the legalities are in place. You know, when I work with people, there may be widows that are scared to death about what the future holds, but we're there to help them. So, you know, I think here toward the end of our conversation, maybe talk about the importance of even though 
some women may be intimidated or dismissive about being involved, but how important it is to establish that relationship with someone they trust so that they're not alone when these situations occur. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's of paramount importance. And I think, you know, it can kind of come from the encouragement from the spouse. So if you know, you're, you're an individual who knows your spouse isn't that engaged, try to remove those barriers. I mean, I think it's hard even in couples to talk about money oftentimes. And it is definitely hard if you feel like you're the less educated one of the two to, to admit that right in lots of situations. So I think just kind of trying to break down those walls and those barriers to the conversation with your partner, but then certainly, you know, invite them to meetings, have them come and say, Hey, listen, even if you're just sitting there silent, don't feel any pressure to talk, absorb what she's saying, she or he, and, you know, just kind of dip your toe in the water of getting educated about these things. And then in time comes comfort. Right. So I think it's just, and if, if someone out there is listening, who is not that engaged, who feels like they could care less. I mean, I think it's, it is super important to recognize that financial security is huge. And if you have the ability to build that for yourself, maintain it for yourself, and maybe then go on to pass on significant sums or meaningful sums to the next generation, that's a, you know, it's a big kind of responsibility and an important uh, difference that you can make for your family. Yeah. And I'm the mother of a young son and a couple things. When I set mine up, it was staggered. So that if something happened to me, he doesn't get everything at once. And, um, and also the fact that I do have a son and I try to teach him not only that, Hey, you're going to be smart about money, but just because you're a boy is not the reason you're going to be smart about money. So I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, my thing is, is just to teach young boys and girls that both genders can be very astute when it comes to money. We know this, but I still think that some women don't practice the fact that they can be, you know, not an expert, proficient at money more so than they are. And so I, I think that's Absolutely. the importance of this podcast is to make sure that not only financial professionals understand how to handle their clients and their female clients, but just that women can be powerful with money. Absolutely. I mean, and I think that, you know, and I know you've had a podcast about this as well, you know, women can make great investors, certainly. and. I think we lean a little bit more into our relationships together and having somebody you can trust and not feel intimidated to ask questions about maybe some technical pieces to your financial plan or your your investment portfolio is very powerful and important. Well, Christy, Whitney, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast and thank you for helping the clients the way you do. Well, thank you so much. I've enjoyed this very much. Thank you for listening to Invest in Women, the podcast series. Your insight into the growing wealth of women and how to attract and retain your female clients and help scale your practice. Learn more by subscribing to this podcast or visiting fa-mag.com.